0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantelle the coach, a single life empowerment coach, helping women to get over the fact that they don't need a relationship to be happy. You can have a relationship if you like, but it's not the be all and end all of your life and that your friends can be an absolute key network and support system to you not feeling the loneliness that you might be experiencing in single life and if you can't do that with your current friends then there are plenty of ways that you can make new friends through the single girls club events that i host and run and also the online community single life be like and on the podcast we talk about a whole host of different topics that apply to single women we talk about living alone we talk about personal growth and using the extra time we have for single life And we do also, despite the fact that I don't believe and encourage you not to see it in a way that you aren't complete without being in a relationship, you still might want to. You might want to enter into a relationship at some point in your life, whether that's now or later. And so we do also talk about dating, and it is the topic of today's podcast episode. That's because I want to talk about the ways of coping in dating. There is a resounding frustration at the moment with dating and it's really, really hard with dating to find high quality people. Partially that's because some of the high quality people are taken. And whilst I wish them all the best in their relationships, relationships will come and go, they will end. And so sometimes we have to wait until there's more people that are high quality. But that doesn't mean that there aren't high quality people around at the moment. And so on today's episode, I want to talk about the idea of letting go in dating sometimes. This comes about because of some of my own experience of dating recently. I often talk about the anxious attachment style, which if you don't know about, then I urge that you do a quick Google if you're not driving whilst listening to this and just have a little read of attachment theory. Essentially, when you have an attachment style... You can have a secure one or an insecure one. And there are three insecure ones, though two predominantly, which is anxious or avoidant. An anxious attachment style runs off the base of a fear of abandonment that you feel like someone's going to leave. And so you worry and you're hypersensitive to lots of little cues that other people wouldn't notice. And those that have a more avoidant style feel imposed on their independence and so it's not a case of worrying if they're going to go or not that would be quite nice because you don't want that person around too much they might get too close now i associate myself more so with an anxious attachment style though i know that it's moving towards more of a secure style because of the experiences that i'm having the way that i can communicate better but that doesn't mean that i'm void of some of the experiences and a lot of my audience chime with the fact that when I share what it's like to have an anxious attachment style, that it makes sense. I haven't shared all the kind of things that it leads to in my behaviours, but I talk about the ways I cope with it. When you have that anxious attachment style, you're worried that you're going to be left. And that's a problem because when we're dating, especially when it's so early, you can't be sure of what's going to happen. So being able to move at a fluid pace with some of the dating elements is important. And I'm not saying that you should eradicate your desires and what you really want from dating, because chances are you're dating because you would like maybe to find a partner to be with. Maybe that is to settle down and create a family or maybe it is because you want to move in with someone or for some of you don't want that relationship structure. You want someone to be with but you want to maintain different households. Some people want polyamorous relationships. That's starting to come up even more in our society. There's so many different models and ways of doing relationships nowadays but sometimes we can be fixated on it and when you have an insecure attachment style, let me also just disclaim here, this is what I've learned I'm a coach on single life, I'm not a therapist. Though a lot of my ideas come from reading books which are therapy driven, they are by psychologists, therapists. I also listen to Therapy Jeff on TikTok, big shout out to him because so many of those videos have allowed me to understand my attachment style. And we also recently read Attached, which goes into all of this so I don't speak as an expert on it but I speak as someone that's read a lot about it and pairs it with my experience and because of the way that we might be within an anxious attachment style and trying to make sure that people don't leave us is that we then keep people in our lives because we want it to look that way and we don't want to let them go because we're worried about how much it's going to hurt and what it's going to cause us where in actual fact One of the things that we have to focus on with an anxious attachment style is the idea of letting go. I think I can speak for a lot of anxiously attached people in that you get quite carried away. You can get quite carried away early on. And that can be as mad as envisioning your wedding from like the first day, Even checking the surname. When you find it out eventually, you're like, does that work with my name? And don't get me wrong sometimes it's just a bit of fun sometimes a bit of excitement but you get this sense of moving quite quickly with an anxious attachment style and you could do this without really thinking about it it's it's not your fault and you might not even be aware that you're doing it until you've just heard this right now but things move quite quickly with anxious attachment style people because you're creating the connection and the sense of safety and it's fulfilling that kind of need the idea though would be that you do slow things down when you have an anxious attachment style because you can get carried away and that's okay having this attachment style isn't a problem by the way I've spoken on TikTok about how I'm not ashamed of it and this is why I'm doing this episode partly wasn't necessarily just going to be about anxious attachment style but it looks like it's going that way it very much is this idea that you can move quickly and you can think it's it's wonderful and you don't even really know that person You know them as far as they've let you know them. And you know as much about them as they've let on. And over time, you're going to realise that that's not necessarily for you. There's a compatibility element. And it was the word there that Matthew Hussey introduced me as one of some of the stages that you go through in dating. That you might have all of the attraction and connection in the world, but that compatibility isn't there. And you don't work some of that out until later because you have some things that you get on with some beliefs that you believe in but then when you actually try to practically put these two lives together they aren't compatible the way that you envisioned your life with someone being in it and the way that they envisioned their life with someone being in it and so letting go of that outcome is worth investing in and this reflection comes about because I was dating someone and we got to a point where we were like well I think this is looking like a relationship no and we agreed that was about four to five weeks in and then two weeks later they changed their mind and said this isn't I don't think I'm looking for a relationship this isn't what I'm looking for and we couldn't have worked that out until we got to that stage now what's interesting is that I had the most peaceful and you can call it a breakup still I had the most peaceful breakup with that person because I hadn't envisioned a life too far ahead with them now Part of that comes down to the fact that I knew that they had a desire to travel, to go abroad, and they weren't really sure for how long. They hadn't really thought about it, they hadn't really looked at the practicalities, it might also have never happened. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to have the most fun with this person, and invest time and energy into this person, no matter how long it lasts. It was important to me, and it remains important to me, that I didn't sit there thinking, will I marry this person? Will this person be here forever? I knew they weren't going to be there forever and even if they did go away there was going to be a do we continue this, do we long distance it, do we pause it, do we come back, who knows. There was so much that was left unknown and unassumed that I actually dealt with it a lot better in terms of when it then came to an end than I probably would have if it hadn't been clear what was going to not happen. There was almost a sense of security or I just hadn't let myself get too carried away in the thoughts and be too hopeful because i knew that this was what it was going to be at the maximum probably or it was just going to be a tbc i didn't anticipate it ending as soon in the format that we were in so soon but so be it but it was this idea that i had let go don't get me wrong i cried i cried after the breakup because who doesn't I had still envisioned having at least a couple more months. So you you will in dating, you will picture being able to go and do this with someone and going to do that. I think the problem is, is that we get so invested sometimes and we think that this person is it. This is it. And I didn't have that. I appreciate that this person was a beautifully wonderful person that I enjoyed spending my time with and talking to. And I was gutted that the compatibility between us didn't work in the way that we thought it would. There is a Maisie Peters lyric in there if you want to look for it. But the idea that I hadn't attached myself too far to an idea of what things would look like made things much easier. And it was this reflection that I went through that I felt was valuable to share with you guys, who I know sometimes listen because you identify as being similar to me or, uh, you know, at least resonating with what I say on TikTok or Instagram, in that how do you deal with it? sometimes it is shifting and it's taken me a long time to get here and it doesn't mean that I wasn't hopeful that things would have lasted longer or that I I had expressed some worry as well towards the person when they'd spoken about and brought up this trip and I was like hmm how do I feel about the idea of investing in someone that I know is not going to be here forever but then one of my strongest beliefs really is that things don't last forever you can never know what's going to happen. Like I watched my my stepdad pass away a lot earlier than we ever imagined him doing so. And I had known some of my mum's plans for when they were, you know, a little bit older and retired together. You know, that didn't play out. And that would never have been what my mum imagined, what my stepdad imagined and what we believed would ever happen. And that still had to change. So there was a, a still communication with this person about how it looked and what it was going to be like. And the communication we had was really, really good in that sense. But the whole concept just brought me back to this present moment. As opposed to thinking, what's it going to be like three months, six months, a year's time? I was generally working week by week there was a bit where we'd put in a little bit further ahead because it was his birthday. We'd also put in a little bit further ahead because we didn't have any Saturdays that worked out at the same time together. So we'd um, put in a weekend a little bit later down the line to try and be like, oh, we'll do something for the weekend here. We'll make a little bit more of an effort in in this case. But other than that, we weren't like planning too far ahead for anything, whereas I think there can be a tendency to, yeah, rush, get carried away and not live for now. And people say it all the time, you've got to live in the moment, you've got to be present. Really hard, really hard. Like my uni degree made me plan for a five-year plan. We didn't do a dissertation, that was what our final marks were awarded on. Your five-year plan. So my life has always been, and CPD at, at school always used to you know, be like, what are you working on this year? How are you going to get better this year? What are you going to do? My life is always forward projecting quite a lot. So to undo that and live in the moment, I think it's what drove my decision to leave leave teaching is because teaching made me work to the summer holidays and to the weekend and I wasn't being as present as I wanted to be I wanted a different setup I didn't want to be thinking constantly about those lessons and, and when I was going to get my next break I wanted to have a balanced life that allowed me to live presently so then come to dating and I, I want to live presently with that I mentioned there that it was uh, the person that I was dating's birthday in that time it was four or five weeks in like it wasn't long I had two choices And obviously some people are like, he's done this well here. You know, it's that classic. You start dating someone and you're like, oh God, it's their birthday so early on. And I was like, I have two choices. I can just do something bog standard and be like, hey, here's a card and something generic. Or I can really kind of make this special and still go a little bit out there. And... I celebrated that birthday the way that I would have celebrated a friend's birthday if they said to me can you sort me a little birthday like can we do something for my birthday and I'd be like yes let's make it a surprise because that's the kind of person that I am even though my love language isn't surprises or gift giving in that sense I thoroughly enjoy this kind of thing comes back to the organizing thing as well and I did I went all out put balloons up banners put a whole ton of fairy lights out it looked beautiful in this little house this house is lovely anyway but the point is we went out for a nice meal and stuff would i have regretted not doing that absolutely (laughs) because it was really cool i was able to get excited about it it comes back to this idea i spoke about in a previous podcast episode it's this idea that you should experience fun and excitement you shouldn't think oh won't people think i'm going over the top isn't it too much when you don't really know someone i've spoken to this person for every day for four or five weeks why would i not do something special for their birthday we have been speaking that intensely And I could have not. I could have just done, oh, let's get a cake in and sing happy birthday. But I have this memory and I hope that that other person takes that memory away too with someone made a really special effort for me for my birthday. I was living in that present moment with that person. Part of me went, because I didn't know when they wanted to go traveling, I still don't know. I went, this might be the only birthday that we get to do. And being able to live in your dating life like that I mean, there's a limit because some people will be like, you'll end up sleeping with everyone if you do that. Agreed. I think, especially as women, where part of our biology and the way we experience sex is more emotionally connected and driven, we do have to be aware of how we feel about things. But at the same time, I didn't let my feelings go further in my head or so much further in my head that I felt like this was the one so early on. There, wasn't, there is no concept of the one. I just was having a good time with someone that I thought I would get a good run out of in terms of spending time with together. And it didn't last as long in a romantic sense as I thought it would. But when we had our very mature conversation about it not lasting, I was very calm for the majority of the conversation. Then there were tears. The next day there were more tears. But... All in all, I would say it's taken me a week to get over that experience. And that's the. I'll be honest with you, that is the longest experience I've had with someone in the two and a half years uh, that I've been semi-dating in some way. Yet it's been the one that I have been able to get through the best. I think that also comes down to the communication on their part and communication of my own part in the bit following the kind of this needs to end in this current format. Because I think my partner selection, potential partner selection process has been better over time. My communication about my needs has been better over time. But also this shift, this shift of moving from it's got to be absolutely everything now and it has to lead to the perfect ideal relationship to understanding that this was a six to seven week relationship that I had fun with and met someone that I completely adore as a person, but do we work together? No. And being able to just accept that and let go, which was something that they always spoke about as well. They loved a non-attachment. We had many a discussion and disagreement. I, I personally felt, I think you you always have an attachment to someone. Was was my argument. His argument was that you shouldn't attach to anyone, and I said I think it's part of human nature and society to have attachments to people. The problem is when those attachments are so strong that you can't let go of them and accept them and let them change, which is why we find it hard to change jobs. Or when someone leaves, we feel distraught sometimes. When I left, I felt distraught from my job because I was attached to that workplace. I was attached to what, who I was there. I was attached to the appreciation, to the connection with the kids. And that was a lot of detachment and a lot of breaking of attachments to go through. I see it as part of him experience to attach, and to sometimes then have to let those attachments go. Whereas his belief differed in that the attachment is where the hurt happens. And it depends on how you view life. Being able to let go of the outcome is very, very important in dating, in all scenarios. It's difficult, I think, if you know you want a family, and you know you want the family where you're partnered up. I don't know all the stats on relationships and marriage. I do know that it's roughly 50% of marriages end in divorce. So let's assume, let's just assume, and I know it's not the case, but let's assume that when you have children, you are married. You've got maybe a 50-50 chance of that ending. Maybe the marriages that stay are more likely to be the ones that have children because you have another reason to keep trying. But ultimately, you're not immune from separation. And I think you almost have to let go of the idea that this will work out exactly the way you want. You can want it to, you can desire it to, but to feel like a failure if it doesn't is important. I think that's another distinction. I don't feel like a failure of having invested in a person and it not working. And I had started, only just, but I had started to tell people about this person because I thought, okay, we're six weeks in, you feel like you're out out of the woods a bit, but you're never out of the woods because you just don't want, I was with someone for six to seven years and then the relationship, the marriage ended. We were out of the woods as far as we were concerned. But then that happened. And that is hard because we had started to build a life together and we'd spoken about a picture. Letting go is a powerful tool to overcoming your feelings of anxiety ahead of moving forwards and your anxious attachment style. You will want to keep someone close when you're anxiously attached. But you can do that in a way that communicates the needs that you have and and the support you need within that but to then let go of outcomes is a slightly different element to it. So you can shift and be like, okay, I still need the close connection and I'd like this to last a long time, but if it doesn't, I'm still going to have practiced a whole ton of skills of communicating with someone else, of celebrating and being in the present moment, of learning not to always talk to them when I'm feeling frustrated or lost. I'm going to journal, I'm going to talk to other people. Some relationships come into our lives for our, a reason and they're only meant to last as long as they do and one experience that I had with this person was my anxiety and my anxious attachment style gets heavily triggered in relationships it is the only way that I can see I can get through it is by being in relationships I don't see how else you're meant to and that's why I don't believe that you have to entirely love yourself or be fully complete before you get in a relationship I think you need to have a good foundation but I don't think everything's there because I think some parts of you get healed Particularly relationship elements through relationships and dating, so you can't do it without doing it. However, my Fitbit, which I wear nearly all of the time, is a clear indicator of when I am stressed, whether it's relationships, other stress, and I knew my, my triggers were coming up, and I was communicate about them. But it it did not stop the Fitbit. The Fitbit goes from like resting heart rate like sixty two gradually over about a week to 70 which to me is a problem 62 to 65 is kind of just slight fluctuation 59 is great but up to 70 and we're in a problematic zone right it's it's not good news but it's interesting that throughout that time I kept working on stuff I was doing bits and pieces also letting go of ideas and and, and working through belief systems and stuff and there is a point where it goes and before I'd seen it on my Fitbit I'd said to this person I said I felt a shift in how I feel I don't feel threatened by particular ideas anymore, which is an achievement for me. So when you have an anxious attachment style, you are hypersensitive to anything that's going to threaten that closeness and that connection. can be as simple as them going out on a night out and drinking, or it could be as complex as an ex-partner being involved, or just, you know, maybe you're not exclusive yet. So you get these thoughts, and working through those thoughts and beyond and communicating with that person and learning to trust them is important but for me it took that time to be in the, with them and to experience the dynamic that we were having for a week or two of that difficulty and I said something's changed I've managed to get to a point where I don't feel that anymore there are still like other things that I'm like oh I wonder what will happen when you do go traveling but I don't feel this really really stressful situation at the start. And maybe I've learned something through the experience I've had with them as well that tells me I can get through it. Because to me, my experiences so far had been that I'd been feeling those things and couldn't get the support that I needed. And that ultimately led to endings as well, because I kept needing more. They kept pulling away. It is your classic anxious avoidance trap where one needs more closeness and one needs more space and it just pushes each other in the wrong directions. So I'd learned that and become aware of that, but I was wary that I'd never really got through it. But I had got to this point and it was interesting because I just, the the Fitbit dropped within a couple of days. I felt it and when I looked, I thought, I can't believe it. Like, I don't know what quite. And it's all the work that I was doing and the communication and stuff, but there was no singular point that made it go, oh, we're done. But I was fascinated that I'd learned that and seen that, like seen that with my own eyes. And that came from talking and it came from talking to them, talking to others and talking to myself. I do that through journaling or video recording, but this time was a lot of journaling. I write a lot. I can write pages and pages about what I'm thinking and feeling. It's my way of expressing. And it was in that moment, it was four pages later that I think was along the right time of when it all just started to diminish. And so I could sit there and I could say, oh, but I didn't get to." stay with this person forever or spend months with them or do this, that and the other. But I can look at what did happen and what I did get from that experience. And I got to learn that I can get through this weird little phase at the start where I feel very, very anxious. And I learned some tools and this is what it was. That power that you have within yourself is so important to be able to self-soothe and to be able to build trust with somebody And to have some needs met. It is sad and disappointing that it didn't work. But I also had a really nice little month and a half or so. Am I disheartened or demotivated? No. I need to take a break. Things are emotionally charged. Particularly for an anxious attachment style person. It is is emotionally draining to navigate dating. To navigate those feelings. And to talk about them communicate. But. I just feel so much progress from where I was before and how much I felt like it had to work to prove a point. Whereas now I can look and go, I had a really good time. And I wouldn't change that for the world. I wouldn't not want to have had that experience with that person to have done the things that we did in the short time we had, you know, the couple of dates, the bank holiday. Why would I not want that part of my life? It's the same way I look at my marriage. I still have memorabilia of the the wedding around. There is a picture up there of me and my stepdad at my wedding. My wedding bouquet was freeze-dried. I haven't put it on the wall yet because it's quite big and heavy. I don't know where it's going to go. But it's there. It's in my bedroom. I see it every day because it's beautiful. I'm not ashamed of those things. And just because things don't last doesn't mean that they weren't worth doing. So letting go of this, it must last to be a true test of what it was and to matter and to be great. No, I had a great time with a person. I learnt something. I met a wonderful person and I've let go of the idea that I would be with them for longer than I thought and I'd let go of lots of things within the relationship. And I learnt to be more present and I think that's sometimes why I go all out and I am a bit extra. If you've seen when I do the... um the setup of like all the twinkly lights and the sort of bed sheet, like you do like a den night a movie night yeah i go all out and even if i'm just going for drinks with someone sometimes i will dress up because i want to you don't know how long you're gonna be here you don't know how long people are gonna be in your life you don't know how long you're gonna be in a job make the most of every opportunity that you get within reason we don't have time to be like oh is this too much Do I look too overdressed? Am I doing too much for someone's birthday? If you want to do something, then go do it. If you can, if you've got the facilities and the resources to do so. Stop worrying about what other people think and what other people might say about your seven-week dating experience or relationship, whatever you want to name it. In fact, don't worry about the naming of it sometimes. You still want to know what's happening, but you can still have fun along the way. And stop being so obsessed Finding someone to marry just so that you can tick it off and say you've done it. I've done it. It isn't all that on its own. It's got to mean a lot more if you're going to do that. I would much rather that you never get married in your life, but you have the most exciting, happy and fulfilled life than just getting married to sign a piece of paper and say you did that. Make sure you're enjoying your life at all times where you can. And if you're finding something difficult, make it an opportunity to talk to someone and connect let go of what has to happen at the end let go of what is happening at every given moment of your dating experience and what it might or might not lead to and start enjoying the dating experience now the two other dates that i've had in the year one was an utter disaster i'm never doing it again i always will video call or call and the other one was an impromptu one we did on the night there and then and i took some pieces of paper and was like choose one and we'll go to that one exciting fun Did it go any further than that? No. Did I have a good little evening that night? Yes. And we only went to a pub and then for food. Wasn't major. But it mixed my week up that week. And I got to speak to someone that was all right. Did it go any further? No. But does that matter? No. Let's stop putting the pressure on everything having to last. Let's stop thinking that it has to be forever in order to be worth something and valuable in our lives. It's time to let go of lots of things and accept things for what they are as they are as they happen i hope that's given you a little bit of comfort around anxious attachment stars and getting so worked up about what's got to happen until next time everybody keep thriving and celebrating single life together